Welcome to Not A Christian Podcast. It's not a Christian podcast. It's a podcast that happens to be Christian. In this podcast, we tell stories, we talk about life, faith, and pretty much anything else you can imagine. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Welcome back to the show. It's episode 95 of Not A Christian Podcast, right here on Friday, May the 26th. Hope Memorial Day weekend uh, is going to treat you well. Hope it's uh, got a lot in store for you, or maybe just maybe just getting some much-needed rest. I'm going to go see my family this Memorial Day weekend, so I will be out of town, so that should be fun. Uh, but like I said, I hope your Memorial Day treats you well, uh, just because of my career uh, college ministry. The past couple weeks for me have been pretty chill, pretty slow. You know, we had graduation, I guess it was two weeks ago now. I am pretty uh, pretty lonely in my office. You know, usually uh, during a, a given weekday, you know, we have dozens of students come through our building. This summer, I've been lucky to get one. Uh, but that's just the nature of it. It comes with the territory. But overall, I've enjoyed it. I've gotten some things done. Gotten to kind of clean up my office a little bit, get rid of a bunch of old junk that I don't need anymore, some old files. Um, really starting to kind of make it make it more my own because I didn't start at my job until like the end of June last year. And I only had about two months to prepare for the upcoming semester instead of like three, three and a half like I do this summer. Office cleaning out and whatnot just didn't, just kind of took a back seat. Uh, but this summer, I've got time, been doing that this week. So if you got an eye for design or some, like, know of some cool office decorations or desk knickknacks, uh, let me know because I, I, I'm not a, a decorator. I've got like my diplomas hanging on the wall, I've got like some office quotes, uh, and that's about it. Uh, and a lot of books. I have, couple bookshelves full there's like these wall shelves that are totally full uh so it makes me look smart if nothing else don't ask me how many of those books i've actually read because that's that's a story for a different day but you know summer summer's about here i typically consider like when memorial day happens that's pretty much the kickoff of summer uh, even though technically summer season doesn't start till june 20th or 21st, I never can remember. I think in our hearts, it kicks off Memorial Day weekend. So uh, we got some fun, exciting stuff for the summer. Uh, y'all remember last summer when I said we were going to launch the the summer series about creation, uh, about like the beginning of time and everything, and then it ended up being like a fall and then a winter series. I did like the intro episode of it and just kind of never picked it back up again. So that's going to be this summer. Uh, hopefully, unless nothing else happens, which I don't really plan on moving and getting another job this summer like I did last summer. So if that happens, it that'll be completely unexpected. <laughs> but I, this summer, we're going to do our best to do that series. Uh, so that'll, that'll kick off sometime fairly soon. Uh, I don't know if it'll be next week, but it'll be sometime uh, maybe mid mid-June, we'll say. Really excited about that. So if you like the theological aspects of the show, uh, then get ready for that. It's going to be a lot of, it's going to be challenging for me to, to continue to learn about those things and refine my beliefs about those things uh, and then do so in a way 
that I can pass it on to other people. Um, but I'm looking forward to it, regardless of how much work it's going to be. And it is going to be a little bit of work. Uh, something else that's going on is uh, at the time of this recording, as of last night, I revealed officially to everyone the Not A Christian Podcast Summer Tournament. I announced it last week on the show, so just the people that listen to the show got to hear it. Uh, but of course, I put it on social media yesterday, and so now everybody knows the theme of the the summer tournament. Uh, it's we're gonna find the worst song ever, and let me just tell you, I've been continually working on this list. And I said last week I had over seventy songs. Now my list sits at ninety, and those are just the ones that I came up with by myself. And I was working on it like last night at the time of recording. And I was starting to try to kind of like arrange them into seeds, but it just got so overwhelming. I don't know how I'm going to go about it, but we're going to do this thing. Be on the lookout because usually we do like a preliminary 16 seed vote, but there's so many here that there's going to be some kind of like a Google form for you to go fill out to kind of help me determine what what's, what songs should make the tournament. There are some that are just, just absolute shoe-ins. Baby by Justin Bieber, Happy by Pharrell Williams, Friday by Rebecca Black, Old Town Road, of course. So there's some that are just shoe-ins and those aren't going to be put to a vote. But they kind of probably work out like the double-digit seeds, like who are going to be the 10 to 16 seeds. I need your help, and I will be posting about that very soon, uh, hopefully within the next week and then maybe like a week into June, reveal the bracket and this is going to be the toughest bracket to make and I can already tell seeding is going to be very difficult uh, the last couple tournaments we've done the seeding like the voting has gone really well like according to seeding in fact in the last tournament there was one first round upset and I think that's because it's been it was seeded in such a way that you know it was it was pretty obvious who the the top bible characters were but here i have no idea how it's going to go i feel like people's opinion on music is just about as diverse as people's opinions on anything so who knows i think maybe a double digit seed could win this whole thing for the first time ever all this to say i'm really looking forward to the summer tournament just the content of it alone i think it's got the potential to be one of my favorite uh, tournaments we've ever done on the show. So it's going to be great. I'm so looking forward to it. On a similar note, yet very different, because it's Memorial Day weekend, I have also put out my uh, summer playlist. Uh, my summer playlist is not terrible music. My summer playlist is music that I like because since since you're going to be subjecting yourself throughout this tournament to thinking about and maybe listening to uh, some of the worst, the worst music that's ever been released, I've got a, a, a playlist of songs that I enjoy that kind of remind me of summer or just kind of go well with summer. So uh, that's going to be on my socials. Uh, hit the link in my bio or you can just search it on Spotify and it's Spotify only uh, because that's what I have. I don't have Apple Music or anything else. So if you're not a Spotify user, I'm sorry, uh, but you can go look at it like on a web browser um, and just see what's on there. But it's called Songs of Summer by NACP. Obviously, it stands for Not a Christian Podcast. Uh, or like I said, it's going to be on my socials. So go find it there. Would love for you to tell me like, hey, what songs should I add? Because it's it's a playlist. Doesn't cost anything to add more songs to it. Um, but anyway, I'm 
that's that's what I've been jamming to lately as I've been door dashing. I talked about this on my story the other day, my Instagram story, but I have begun door dashing. I've been doing it for just a little over a month now. Um, it's just something that I decided that I wanted to do, you know, earning extra money. That's cool. I would not do it for free, <laughs> but it's a way for me just to earn a little extra money on the side. Uh, but also just kind of gets me out of my apartment, like on the evenings and weekends when I would otherwise just be like having a Netflix or YouTube. Well, I don't, I don't have Netflix, but Hulu or YouTube binge session or uh, playing NCAA football. I don't know if I've ever talked about that on the show, but I still play a decade-old video game uh, called NCAA football, and I get really immersed in that world. Uh, but it was just door dashing is just a way for me to, to kind of get out, earn some money, be productive with some of my spare time that I have. Uh, and now that it's summer, I'm doing it a lot more frequently. Uh, just and you know honestly I, I really like it it's kind of a mindless task you have to think about it a little bit but not too much uh so i've i've enjoyed door dashing uh but it's been you know it's been an adventure uh, i have gone into places because of DoorDash that i would never go into otherwise you know i have delivered to a smoke and vape shop uh that was cool I, you know, GPSed the address and then I roll up to this smoke and vape shop. I'm like, oh, I guess this is where I'm dropping the food off. Uh, so I went in and sure enough, that was the right location. I've delivered into a liquor store, into a bar. Uh, I've picked up from some places that I would never otherwise go. Uh, the, the second night I door dashed, I went, or I got this assignment and it, the, the restaurant was called Good as Cluck. And I was like, that's interesting. I've never heard of that restaurant. And San Angelo is not a huge town. If there's a restaurant, I've probably heard of it, especially one with a name like that. That's not a name that you would forget. So I accept it. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll take it. And then it starts GPSing me, since I don't know where it is. I use the GPS to get there, like a block away from my apartment. I'm like, how is this restaurant here so close to where I live, and I've never even heard of it. So I go, and then I roll up to Twin Peaks. And if you don't know what Twin Peaks is, it is very similar to Hooters. It is basically a like steakhouse-style restaurant that is themed around women's cleavage. And that's like the big, that's the big draw. And, you know, like I said, not a place that I would actually frequent myself or ever go to myself, really. No judgment if you do. Uh, just not really my thing. So, obviously, I get there and was like, okay, this is Twin Peaks. And then I go and look and the app says, go inside of Twin Peaks to pick it up. I'm just like, okay, it said good as cluck, but it's Twin Peaks. I'm kind of confused. So, I go in and I tell one of the girls at the front, like, hey, I had a DoorDash for this name. I'm praying the whole time. Don't God, don't let me see somebody I know in here and they think I eat here or come to look at the women because I, I don't. Uh, and then I wait and I wait and I wait some more. Never, never saw anybody I knew. That's good. I think there is a big, there's a big discrepancy between the people that I typically hang around and the people that typically go to a place like Twin Peaks. Like I said, no judgment if you go there. That's your own thing. It's fine. Uh, 
but there were a lot of Edgar haircuts, if you know what that is. A lot of big trucks in the parking lot. I think a lot of oil field guys, and and our lives just don't our lives just don't overlap very much. So I'm I'm standing there in the Twin Peaks, waiting and waiting for this order. Finally, after 30 minutes, the girl comes up to me and she's like, "Hey." we think we accidentally gave your order to someone else. I'm like, well, can you remake it? They're like, no, we can't do that. That's not how it works. So I have to call the dude that ordered the food, tell him, hey, the restaurant screwed up. I have to contact DoorDash customer support and tell them what happened. Uh, Just a big fiasco, wasted 30 minutes of my time. Uh, So I hung out in a Twin Peaks lobby for 30 minutes and didn't even get anything out of it. Had nothing to show for it. Uh, So... I, yeah, that's, that was my Twin Peaks experience. Uh, I've also gone to a Hooters to pick up, um, you know, and I don't mind going in those places and picking up anymore. It's just kind of like, well, I'm door dashing. People know that. And if I see somebody I know in there, I'll just tell them or just ignore them. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, it's not actually that big of a deal. So I go, you know, I've gone to a lot of places that I wouldn't normally go and, made some money along the way but this let's let's get back to this good as cluck twin peaks what what is this because something else i noticed was sometimes it would send me to a restaurant called it's just wings and in reality it would just take me to chili's and then finally a few nights ago this is what i posted on my instagram story there was one place that it sent me to that just caught my attention it was called tinder fix by Noah Schnapp or Schnapp. I don't know how to snap. I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't care. Uh, I didn't even know. I didn't know who that was when I took the order. Didn't really care who it was. Well, I did because I Googled it. So I walk into the IHOP and oh yeah, it, it directed me to IHOP because Tinder fixed by Noah Schnapp isn't a brick and mortar place. It takes me to IHOP and I go in, tell them I had a DoorDash order. Um, and while I'm waiting, I Googled like who is Noah Schnapp. It's a kid from Stranger Things. Okay, cool. He's selling chicken tenders out of the IHOP kitchen. And I'm officially just flabbergasted at this point. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Why is there good as cluck? Why is there it's just wings? Why is there tender fix by Noah Schnapp? What are these places? And why is it like, why is this happening? I'm just confused. I don't know anything. So I take to social media and I ask you guys, you know, what is this? And several of you gave pretty concise, accurate answers. Uh, some of you sent me articles. Somebody even sent me a 40-minute YouTube video, which I watched the whole thing. I'm not going to lie because I'm very intrigued. I get too wrapped up in things. It's part of my personality. I just get too invested. This this whole concept kind of fascinates me. Anyways, these places that do this, they're called, they can be called several things, but what I found out was that they can be called virtual kitchens, dark kitchens, cloud kitchens, but the most common term for them is ghost kitchens. Uh, And the definition of a ghost kitchen is basically it's a restaurant inside of a restaurant. Uh, They were popularized during the pandemic because they kind of helped restaurants shift towards a delivery system, takeout system when people couldn't come and dine in. And it's also a product of just there's so many choices out there because this is kind of something that I learned while doing some research. At one point, you know, people would know before the internet, people would know, okay, where's the best restaurant in town? Uh, Or they would ask people, 
they would ask people, you know, what's what's the place we should eat here? And they say, you should go to this restaurant. But now, in the age of the internet, we can be a little more selective. So we don't have to just Google what's the best restaurant in whatever town I'm in or ask someone else. We can Google what we want. So let's say I just got the hankering for some burgers. So I can Google what is the best burger in this town as opposed to what is the best restaurant in this town. And so these ghost kitchens, they're always, you know, pretty much based off of one specific type of food item. So good as cluck, obviously chicken. It's just wings, obviously wings. Uh, Noah Schnapp's tender fix, obviously chicken tenders. And there's so many more. But so if I'm, if I were to Google, you know, best chicken tenders in my area, that's why these places have very specific names and, and cater to very specific items. I go and do a little more research into into this ghost kitchen phenomenon and like I'm still like amazed at this because in addition to those that I mentioned um there are so many other places that have ghost kitchens. I went to the DoorDash app and just looked at restaurants and as soon as I saw a ghost kitchen restaurant I knew because one I'd never heard of it but two the picture looked just really generic, the picture of the food. So uh, apparently Denny's has a couple of ghost kitchens called Burger Den and The Meltdown. Outback Steakhouse operates The Tender Shack. Buffalo Wild Wings operates Bird Dog. Hooters has several. They have Chase Elliott's Chicken Tenders. I didn't even bother to look up who Chase Elliott was. Don't even care. Uh, Hooters also has Hootie's Burger Bar and Hootie's Bait and Tackle, more like Hootie's Bait and Switch. Because these, like, I just don't know... I understand why they exist, but I'm still just not sure why it works. But then in IHOP alone in this town, there are four ghost kitchens operating out of the IHOP. Obviously, Tinder Fix by Noah Schnapp. There's also one called Pardon My Cheese Steak, which is operated by a podcast, a sports podcast that I happen to listen to. Uh, so I'd heard them talk about that before. I just never really paid attention. There's another one. These are terrible names, by the way. Super Mega Dia, which is a quesadilla restaurant, and Thrilled Cheese, which is a a restaurant, a ghost kitchen based around grilled cheeses. And the, the most popular ghost kitchen, we don't have one here, but across the country, the most people know about uh, is Mr. Beast Burger, obviously. So anyway, those were just some of the ones that I was able to find uh, in town and they're all operated out of out of like chain restaurants it doesn't have to be that way but that's just the way it works out most of the time and basically the reason why these exist is because if people are browsing through delivery apps and they see IHOP and they want chicken tenders they're like I, I'm not going to go to IHOP or order IHOP for chicken tenders but they see this place called Tender Fix by Noah Schnapp or they're wanting a burger, and obviously, if you want a burger and you're ordering online, you're not going to go to Denny's. You're not going to say, I'm going to order a Denny's burger. But if you see a place called The Burger Den, you're just like, oh, this must be like a new place or a local place that I've never been to before. Let's try out something new. When really, in actuality, they're just slinging patties in the back of a Denny's. Like who, and, and like, you know, that's the thing is, who would be desperate enough to order delivery from like Denny's or IHOP. How 
how down bad would you have to be <laughs> before you did that? So it's, it's, I get it. I understand, but I just don't know why, I don't know why people aren't doing their research of like, where am I actually ordering from? Because if I want high quality food, like I'm not going to any of these places. Like I think places like, you know, Chili's and Outback, IHOP, like they're fine. They're not disgusting, but they're definitely not the best food that you can get. You can go to any local restaurant uh, or many local restaurants and find better food. I'm not a chain restaurant guy. In fact, if it's up to me and going to eat with a friend or a group and it's up to me to decide where to go, I will never choose a place like an Outback or a Chili's or whichever. I'll always go to a local place because that's where the good stuff is. So like I said, these ghost kitchens, they can be operated out of any restaurant. It doesn't have to be a chain, but the chains kind of monopolize them. So really, it I think it hurts local business. And I'm, I think as far as restaurants go, like you should support local all the way, um, especially if you're, you're in a place where you have like good local restaurants. And I think San Angelo is a place that has good local restaurants, uh, so much better than the chains that you can go to. Uh, so I'm a local restaurant guy, but also if you're, if you're ordering delivery DoorDash, which I don't do that because it's hecka expensive. I sh Oh gosh, that was so cringy. I'm going to leave that in there just cause just for your entertainment alone. I don't usually talk like that. Uh, but, but DoorDash is expensive. So I don't order from it, but I will gladly deliver people's food that order from DoorDash, and uh, I will gladly take whatever tips they can give me. So anyway, that's that's kind of my DoorDashing experience. But just just another quick aside, um, let's let's go back to my IHOP experience. Noah Tinder Schnick Tinder. Whoa, what is going on? Tinder fix by Noah Schnapp. I understand the marketing of saying like having like the name chicken tenders in your restaurant name because people are google searching it it's going to come up but why why are people why does this marketing work with with putting noah schnapp's name on it because i looked it up and i i expressed this on my instagram story he's 18 years old noah schnapp is 18 stranger things has been going on for a few years now you know he's he's an actor high profile has a lot of money and has for a few years now so my question is, who is saying like, oh, Noah Schnapp has a chicken tender restaurant? Let's eat there. Because, you know, the last time I was watching Stranger Things, I was like, you know what? That kid is a good actor. I like his character. But also, I bet IRL, he could make a mean chicken strip. No, I would wager that Noah Schnapp has never cooked a meal for himself in his life. Right, he might have poured like his own cereal once, or twice, or put a pop tart in the toaster, or assembled a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But I can guarantee you, Noah Schnapp has never prepared a seasoned flour, put his hands on a raw chicken strip, battered it, coated it in the seasoned flour, dropped it in the deep fryer, and taken that thing out of the deep fryer. No, like that's never happened. He has never done that. So why does attaching his name to it work? Why does this work? I don't like this. You know, I, I mentioned my Instagram story. You know, KFC, it's not a great, not a great restaurant. Although my childhood, bro, we got down on some KFC all the time. So I think it's just gone downhill over the past few years uh, or else, you know, I was a kid and I just liked everything. But 
you know, like their their main guy, obviously Colonel Sanders. You know, Colonel Sanders has gone wrist deep into some raw chicken and battered it and fried it up himself. Like he has definitely done that. That is his recipe. But Noah Schnapp has never done that. So why why is he making probably fat stacks of cash? I looked at an article. He has over a thousand of these restaurants in IHOPs all across the nation. So ha- what? Why? I could make probably better chicken strips than that. And I don't cook chicken strips very often, but I know some basic cooking skills that I guarantee you Noah Schnapp does not have. But anyways, that's that's the world we live in. It's all based around weird social media culture. I don't know. But anyway, that's that's my door dashing experience. That's my experience with ghost kitchens. I'm kind of cu- like I kind of want to order some ghost kitchen stuff cuz they're only available like through delivery apps. There, you can't just go into the IHOP and say, I want some of these Noah Schnapp chicken strips, even though they very well may be the same chicken strips that are on IHOP's menu. But I kind of want to just, I want to know. and But I'm not going to pay like $35 to have a meal delivered to me. Like it's, it's not happening. So anyways, have you ever tried ghost kitchen food? Uh, is it good? Is it the same thing that the regular restaurant serves? Let me know because I'm genuinely, genuinely curious. Uh, I'll probably do some more research. I will probably get more and more immersed in the world of ghost kitchens. But uh, for now, the intro went a little bit long. This was just supposed to be like the opening thing. But we went a little bit long, but that's okay. Uh, Let's go ahead and transition to what is next. Alrighty, because I hadn't made like a normal episode of the podcast in a while... We've got some things to catch up on, and I cannot, I promised this last week, so I cannot not tell these stories on the podcast because a couple weeks ago, well, it's been like a month ago now, almost, I went to Syracuse, New York. Uh, It was for a BSM, like, mission trip, kind of a vision trip for us, but man, did some interesting and fun and crazy things happen. Basically... Uh, we went with another a BSM from another school, and from my BSM, it was just myself and one of my interns. So we start off the trip on a Friday. We drive to San Antonio because we're going to fly to Syracuse, New York. So we get to the San Antonio airport, get our bags checked and everything, and then we sit down in the lobby waiting for, is it called the lobby where you wait for your plane? I don't know. But we sit down waiting for our plane. You know, we're there an hour, hour and a half early. Uh... And this guy, these three guys are sitting across from us and there's two really big dudes on the outside and then one smaller guy in the middle. He's not that much bigger than me. So they're sitting there. We're sitting there. My my intern Lauren gets up to go get some food. So I'm sitting there by myself with these guys across from me. And then the guy in the middle, the smaller guy, leans over to one of the bigger guys and he's just like, hey. Before we board, can I go to the bathroom? And I think to myself, like, this is a weird question for a grown man to be asking another grown man. I have not asked, since I left high school, I have not asked another person if I can go to the bathroom. That's just not something you have to do anymore. So that's a strange question for a grown man to ask another grown man. And then, like, right away, I'm just like, oh, I think I know what's going on here. So I look down, and that's when I notice that this guy in the middle, this smaller guy, his hands are inside of his jacket. Like he's wearing this long sleeve jacket 
but his hands are tucked inside of it. So that's that's the first like alarm bell that's going off for me. I'm like, oh, I think this guy, he might not be here under his own will. So I continue to kind of look at him. Like we make eye contact a couple times, so I'm trying not to stare. But then this guy needs to scratch his nose. And so he kind of leans his head down and he lifts his hands up out from underneath his jacket. And that's when I see there's a chain around his waist and his hands are like padlocked to the chain. So I'm just like, oh, we got like a bounty hunter or a like prison transport situation going on here. And the jacket is over him because, you know, people are going to be flying with this dude. They don't want to make a big scene of like, oh, this guy, we've got, we've got a criminal on board, everybody. Uh, so I understand. Uh, they end up boarding like first. So we, we lose sight of them. And then as I'm boarding the plane, the lady at the, at the place where you check your boarding pass, she's like, here, let me print you a new pass. We've changed your seat. My original seat was supposed to be the very last row window seat. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, I don't really care. Uh, I got another window seat, like just a few rows up. And then my intern, she was supposed to be originally in the seat right in front of me. So she goes back to the plane, to the back of the plane. And, and she sees that right in, right behind her is our friend the criminal because after they left their seats to board i asked her like hey did you notice the change she's like yeah i saw it so anyway she's gonna be sitting right in front of this dude so if he goes rogue obviously that's not gonna be good uh but then there's like some confusion with her seat and they end up moving her right beside me uh so basically what happened was because this was like some kind of prison transport or something these guys got to board first and then they just rearranged some seats so they could all three sit together. So the, the small dude in chains was against the window. And these other two big dudes, which I didn't really get a good look. I don't know what it, these, these dudes were at least 300 pounds each, maybe 350. So I don't know how that worked with like one of them crammed in a middle seat and one in the aisle seat, but obviously it did. So I, you know, I'll, Obviously, if there's a criminal in chains on your plane, you just kind of wonder. You kind of ask some questions. But I felt really safe because he wasn't very big. Uh, those guys combined probably weighed like 650, 700 pounds. Uh, and this dude was probably like 150, 160 pounds. So uh, <laughs> uh, I felt safe. But I understand why like some people would freak out and why you know they, they didn't make like a huge scene about it. But anyways, that was just the first of the interesting people that we met on our trip to Syracuse, New York. So we... We fly, we connect in Chicago, so I don't, I don't know, I am I, because when I think about places I've traveled, I don't like to count places that I've been like to airports, like I could say I've been to Chicago, could say I've been to Illinois now, but really I've just been in the airport, so I don't really count that, so if people ever ask me like what all states have you been to, I, I won't say Illinois, because that's, that's just kind of cheap, it's kind of cheating. But anyways, we connect in Chicago, get to Syracuse, New York. Let me just tell you, upstate New York is beautiful. Uh, there's like actual springtime, so it's green. There's like purple trees, pink trees, all kinds of stuff. So the first day we're at Syracuse, New York, we go to Syracuse University, and we're doing an outreach table on a Monday. You know, we just have like a, a little tent that we're underneath. We have a table with snacks laid out on it. We got signs that just say, how can we pray for you? And within 15 minutes of us setting up our outreach table, 
this older guy walks by, right? He's probably about 60, so obviously not a traditional college student. And you can tell right away he's like locked onto us. He wants to know like what we're doing. He just kind of addresses the group, like doesn't talk to one of us specifically, but he he says, do you guys read Jesus? You know, because he can see, like, obviously we're a Christian group out there. He guys says, do you guys read Jesus? And one of our guys in our group says, like, do we read the Bible? Yes, we do. And then he starts, like, quizzing us about this verse uh, in Luke chapter 6, verse 29 specifically, and where it says, if someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Uh, give to everyone who asks from you. Uh, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back so this is like his whole deal then he starts like kind of not really yelling at us but standing at a distance and like letting us know that you know this is the this is the passage right before the golden rule and christians love the golden rule but christians hate this idea of you know being generous and and not retaliating he's like this is the sermon that no one preaches out of luke chapter 6 verses 29 and 30 and then he takes his backpack and he pulls out like this, it like goes in a binder. It's like these plastic separators, but you can like slip papers in there. You probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, but it's just full of a bunch of papers. And then he pulls out this page that has that verse on it that he's just talking about. Luke 6, 29 and 30. And he so he starts holding it up like a sign. And like as we're trying to engage people who are walking by and we're just like, hey, do you want a free snack? Can we pray for you before finals week? This guy is yelling at them being like, hey, be like Jesus, not like Christians. Be like Jesus, not like Christians. So like this dude is obviously being antagonistic towards what we're doing. And like I tried to get him away. I tried to ask him like, hey, do you want to go like get some coffee and we can like talk about this? And he's like, no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here. So anyway. I go back to the table, try to do some more outreach, but it's like this guy's just getting louder and more, you know, just annoying. Uh, and, and, and people are starting to think like, is he with them? Like, what's what's going on here? So I just, after about five more minutes, I'm just like, okay, I know what I have to do. Uh, so I pulled out my pocket knife and I threatened his life. No, not really. I walk up to him and just like, hey, let me ask you a question. Because another one of his big things was that he kept saying, you Christians, all you do is you love money and you all voted for Donald Trump. And he's like, all Christians love money. They vote, they only vote for Donald Trump, who's a terrible person, blah, blah, blah. Uh, just like typical, typical rhetoric. So I walk up to him. I'm like, hey, man, you walk up here and you make these assumptions about us that like we love money and we voted for Trump, but I haven't really even talked to you. So like, how do you know that? any of those things are true. And he's like, well, typically Christians do. So we, we just continue to talk. And this whole time I've got, I've got a plan in mind is that I learned about this trick to where basically if you want somebody to like, you, you can basically control another person, but you have to do it subtly. So what I decided to do was I was going to stand there and talk to this guy, engage him in conversation, whatever that looked like, and every so often, I took about a half a step towards him. And obviously, everybody's got their personal space. So if somebody takes a step towards you, you're going to take a step back. And you don't realize you're doing it. But that's what that's what we were doing. So I would take a step towards him. And obviously, everybody has personal space. So he would take a step backwards. 
And then a couple minutes later, I would take another half step towards him. He would take a step backwards. And after we did that, moved like three or four feet, I looked at this flower bed that was probably like a good 40 feet away. And I'm like, my goal is to get this guy over there. (laughs) So for the next, I kid you not, three hours I talked to this guy about just a variety of things. Uh, We talk about, obviously, he was very anti-capitalist, anti-Trump, pro-abortion, just you name it. You know, we, we talked we talked about a lot of things. Uh, we also talked about sports and football and baseball and the 1983 Bowling Green State University National Championship hockey team, which he was a big fan of. Uh, but basically, this guy was this guy was an atheist, so he wasn't a Christian. Uh, he had these Bible verses in his backpack to like mock Christians and try to take people away from Christianity. But he was from Berkeley, California, so he's a long way from home. Uh, because when he first started, there was a Syracuse uh, student there that was a part of the ministry. And I was like, is this a regular thing? She's like, no, I've never seen that guy. That's because he was from across the country. So he's, he just does this at Berkeley. He said almost every day when he's home, just tries to talk people out of Christianity or talk about any kind of political, you know, get, just basically get into political arguments on a college campus. That's what this 60-year-old man lives for. So anyway, we found out a lot. And then I'm just like, you know, we made a couple jokes. We even laughed. Like he made me laugh a couple times. I made him laugh a couple times. So after a while, I'm like, man, I think, I think we're friends now. I think, I think we're cool. And then he would ask me a question. He's like, Hey, have you heard of this? I'm like, no, I don't know what that is. He's like, yeah, you're a stupid Christian. You wouldn't have heard of that. So I was just like, what? I thought we were friends and now he's calling me stupid again. Uh, which I, don't, I didn't care. It doesn't hurt my feelings because this guy's obviously got uh, uh, some, some other intentions. And the, the verse that kept popping into my, my head was, you know, uh, Proverbs, in Proverbs 26, it says, do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you will be just like him. So this guy was very angry, very uh, judgmental, very presumptuous about certain things. So obviously, if I were just to join him in that anger and, and start to make assumptions about him, then I would be just like him and, and it would be no good. So my, my goal in that conversation was not was not to like debate him in an intellectual conversation because it obviously wasn't going to happen. He was not going to listen. But what I was able to do after the three hours of talking to him, I was able to get him to the flower bed like I talked about earlier. So now we're like 40 feet away from the outreach table and he's no longer yelling at people coming by. He is just talking to me. I remember the moment we got close to the flower bed. You know, we were eight inches away from it. He was. So I took my half step towards him and I saw him take his half step back and I looked down at his feet and his heels like bumped up against the edge of like the raised edge of the flower bed. So like right then and there, I was like, I have accomplished my goal. (laughs) And then we just, we just kept on talking until finally he decided he wanted to leave. And then he was like, I'll be back tomorrow. And we were planning on doing more outreach tomorrow. So I was like, oh, great. I'm going to have to do this all over again. Uh, he never came back. So we never saw him again. Anyway, that was the, that was the time at Syracuse University that I, I talked to the angry anti-capitalist, anti-Trump, anti-Christian atheist. And then one last story from the Syracuse trip. This one equally as bizarre. It wasn't as long of an of a interaction. In fact, it was... The exact opposite. It was just kind of an instantaneous thing that happened that was just incredibly weird. So on the last day of our trip, we have a fun day. 
So we, we not that, you know, outreach isn't fun, <laughs> but just like a, a sightseeing day. So we make the two and a half hour drive to Buffalo, New York, and we eat buffalo wings in Buffalo, uh, the place that they were invented. So that was, that was awesome. If you know me, you know, wings are kind of my thing. So that was amazing. Incredible experience. Best wings I've ever had. So good. Uh, and then we go to Niagara Falls, which is just right outside of Buffalo. Uh, so we do the whole thing. We go look at the falls. We get on the Maid of the Mist, which is the boat that takes you like into the falls, basically. Um, and there's mist everywhere. If you've ever seen The Office, it's where Jim and Pam get married, like on the boat. So we did all that, and that was fun. And we get done about like two, two thirty in the afternoon, and we're like, we can either head back to Syracuse right now, or we can just kind of hang out here in the city of Niagara Falls and just see what it has to offer. So we go to some gift shops and, and you know, we, we try to find a coffee shop. So we're, we GPS coffee near us and we see that just, you know, not too far away, there's a Tim Hortons. And I've never been to a Tim Hortons. It's like a big thing in Canada. And obviously we're just right across the border from Canada up there. So I was like, you know, what? let's let's try Tim Hortons. I've never had it, heard great things. So we start walking trying to find this Tim Hortons and then we get to a street and right across the street is this like giant casino and then we realize oh the Tim Hortons is inside the casino well we're we're on this mission trip we can't go inside the casino even if it's just to get Tim Hortons so we kind of stand there like on the street corner trying to make a decision there's a group of eight of us we we start looking around we start looking on the phone but then we look over to our left and we see that there's a Starbucks right there and we're just like okay that'll be fine just go to Starbucks, get us some coffee. So as our group starts moving, like towards the Starbucks, there's this guy that was crossing the street, like from the casino. So if you're, if you're seeing it from my perspective, we're standing at this intersection. The Starbucks is to my left. We don't have to cross the road to get there. The casino is across the road. So we start moving to my left. Two guys from our group were standing in front of me, facing me. Their backs were to the street, to the casino. And they take a step, like steps backwards and they almost like run into this guy who was crossing the street. And like this happened so quickly, but he kind of like sidesteps them to avoid like running into them and his sidestep kind of, and I wish I like you could be here to watch me physically like reenact it because it may, may make more sense, but his sidestep, he goes around them and he's already walking towards me. And as he's walking towards me, just kind of in stride, he like bows up to me, gets literally our faces were six inches apart from each other. So he like bows up to me and he raises his fist in the air like he's about to punch me. And I just stood there like looking at him like, what the heck is happening? And I didn't do anything. It was mostly because of just the absurdity of the situation. So this guy, you know, he totally could have sucker punched me right then and there. I could have gotten assaulted on the streets of Niagara Falls, New York, um, and I wouldn't have done anything about it. It was like 95% because you're just sitting there minding your own business like I was, just trying to go get some coffee. You do not expect somebody just to walk up and punch you. Like, it's just like you can't defend yourself against that if it's just completely out of nowhere. And then the other 5% of me that's like understanding what's happening is like, he's not actually going to punch me. Like, he wouldn't just do that. Like, people are crazy. He might be trying to make a statement. And sure enough, he did not punch me. 
thankfully, or else he, like, he would have done it, could have done it, like I said. So he bows up to me, raises his fist, and then he just keeps walking, kind of, like, bows up to another guy in our group, does not, does not raise his fist at him, uh, but just kind of bows up to him, like, what's up? And so, like, we, like, without saying anything, our group just kind of collectively, like, okay, let's just go to the Starbucks, <laughs> because this is weird. We don't want to antagonize this guy. There's obviously something going on. He's obviously just like a very like impulsive, mentally unstable person. So talking to him would not do any good. So as we're walking away from him, I'm now about like 15 feet away. I kind of turn around and look over my shoulder just to make sure he's not like trying to, you know, do something to somebody in our group. So I look around and he is just giving me like this side eye like I have never seen before in my whole life. He is... Like, he is mad, and he is staring me down. So I turn back around. We walk to the Starbucks, like, in silence. And then when we get inside, I turn around to the group because I was, like, in the front. I was like, what the heck was that about? Like, what what happened? What what prompted that? Did I do anything? And they're like, yeah, we, we almost ran into him, so that pissed him off, apparently. Uh, so anyway... We go in, get our coffee, and then that that's the only incident. Like we never see from we never see or hear from the guy ever again. But that that's the story about how I almost got assaulted and punched out in the streets of Niagara Falls, New York. So I hope you enjoyed that. So those were the, you know just three very interesting characters that we met in route to and on our trip to upstate New York. Uh, it, great place. Love it. Like it was, I would totally go back. In fact, I, w- I want to take groups of students there in the future. Uh, but you know, just, we, we, we met some interesting people along the way and that's where the stories come from. Uh, so that's, that's the adventure in Syracuse. Like it was, it was a great trip altogether. Wouldn't change anything about it. Uh, now I've got those great stories to tell to, to anyone and everyone, including my podcast community. And that's like when something crazy happens to me like that, like the, the first thing I think about, like, Oh bro, this is going to be so funny to talk about on the podcast. So that's what we're doing. So I'm happy. I'm happy you get to know these stories. So I've got kind of one more, like one more story to kind of tell you. Uh, So let's go ahead and and move on to that. A few weeks ago, uh, I had several people tag me in like these Facebook articles, Facebook videos about this event that was going on. It was going to be held in Kyle, Texas, and it was a, a, a fair where we were going to try to break the world record of the most people gathered together in one place who had the same name. And so thanks to everybody who tagged me in that. I genuinely do appreciate it. Pretty much like with the the day of, the day people started tagging me in that, the day that I found out this is actually a thing, I decided like, yeah, I'm going to go. It was like five, six weeks ahead of time. But I was like, this is, this is so funny uh, because obviously... Kyle, the name Kyle is just a big meme at this point. I still remember when it started. The summer of 2019, the the memes about Kyle punching drywall and chugging monster energy drinks, that, you know, really just took off. Because I, I remember it because when I, that was when I started my new job at, at Sol Ross. And like at the beginning of the semester, that's like one of the first things our student, my, my students and I bonded over was like making Kyle jokes to him. Um, like our building was all cinder block walls. And I'm like, yeah, they would only let me work here because if there was drywall, I would just punch holes in it. 
So anyway, so I know I have to go and I have to be a part of this world record attempt. So this this event was happening throughout the weekend, but really the the world record attempt was on Sunday at four o'clock. So I was kind of planning on making a weekend out of it, but it just didn't really work out. I've been traveling a lot. So I was gone that week to Syracuse. The following week, I went to a conference in Fort Worth. I'd been gone a lot, so I didn't want to make like a whole weekend trip. So I just decide I'm going to do this in one day. So I get up at seven o'clock in the morning on that Sunday and I drive to Kyle, Texas, which is just south of Austin, about three and a half hours from me. So I go to this, this fair where we're trying to break the world record of Kyle's or people of the same name gathered in one place. So I go check in. There was a VIP tent for Kyle's only. You had to show an ID to prove your name was Kyle. Not just that your name was Kyle, but it was spelled K-Y-L-E. And of course mine is. So I show them my driver's license. They're like, okay, you're good to go. They give me my free t-shirt that just says, my name is Kyle. And so I put that t-shirt on over my shirt that I was already wearing. And then, and then I just start like exploring the fair and the fun, like, I cannot tell you, like I knew it, what it was and I knew like Kyle's a big meme, but just as I would see, you know, even when I got there, I got there two hours, two and a half hours before like the world record attempt. And there were just hundreds of dudes in white shirts that said, my name is Kyle. And like something about that, I just thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And then as we get closer to four o'clock, like there are like lines of Kyle's like going throughout this fair, checking into the VIP tent so we can try to break this world record. Just like like person after person after person, their names were Kyle. And like pretty soon, you know, at this whole fair, like eight out of 10 people that you saw were wearing this white shirt and it was just Kyle's everywhere. And then like, as I was making the trip to Kyle, Texas that day, it occurred to me like, wow, 30 years ago, my parents decided to give me the name Kyle. And because of that, like I'm driving to Kyle, Texas right now to try to break this world record. And because of that, I was there and I met like a bunch of other Kyle's obviously uh, from all over the place. Like, not just from Texas. I met some from, like, Indiana, Kentucky. They announced from the stage. I never met these people, but people came from Canada. Kyle's came from the United Kingdom just to be a part of what was going on. And also, to my surprise, there were a number of female Kyle's that showed up. uh, Because the only way you got the shirt was that you went and you showed your ID and they gave you the shirt. So there were there were lady Kyles there, Kyles of all shapes, all sizes, all ends of the political spectrum. So there were just so many Kyles gathered in one spot. And so obviously one of the big Kyle memes is that Kyle likes to punch holes in drywall because he can't control his anger. So I'm walking around at all the booths and then there's this drywall punching booth where they would carve out this square of drywall and you paid like $5 to punch it. I didn't end up doing it, but that's where I spent most of my time just watching other Kyles uh, punch this drywall. So anyways, I do that. I walk around the fair. Then I decide to go back to the drywall punching booth just to watch more Kyles punch drywall. That's kind of where most, like a a lot of the Kyles were hanging out. So, you know, I was there, you know, making small talk with some Kyles. And then I was approached by these two guys. 
and they're like, hey, can we're, we're making a video. Do you want to be interviewed? So I don't know if it was for TikTok or YouTube. It wasn't news. Definitely wasn't news, but I was like, sure. So they interview me, start asking some questions. Uh, and let me just say, these people, these Kyles were very, like, pretty profane in what they were saying. Uh, and that's not who I am. Uh, so I, I wasn't profane in my responses, uh, but I think I handled the interview well. Uh, and then one of the guys was like, the guy doing the interview was like, hey, this is my, my friend over here. And this other guy walks up. He's like, my friend here is going to change his name legally to Kyle so he can join the cause and try to help break this world record. I was like, man, that's awesome. And, he's, and the guy that was going to change his name to Kyle was like, yeah, to practice being a Kyle, I've been huffing paint, beating up my girlfriend, and I love my dog. And the guy interviewing looked at me, he's like, what do you think about all that? And, and kind of on my feet, I was like, well, I think one of those things is good. And so like, they kind of laughed about that. And they're like, well, what advice would you give him? And I was like, well, punch drywall instead because it has no feelings. And they laughed again. They thought that was funny. So anyway, we wrap up that interview. It lasts for like maybe four or five minutes. Uh, I, I'm not seeking it out because I'm not going to share it because like I said, probably not something I really want to be associated with, but you know, it happened, whatever. Uh, I wasn't being crude <laughs> but anyways that happens there's now far more kyles gathered around we're getting close to crunch time uh and then i'm just kind of you know v- hanging out vibing and then i hear somebody say like yeah you that guy's on youtube have you ever seen him before and i thought he was talking about the guys that interviewed me but then i turn around and there's a guy filming videos it's freaking trevor wallace and it like you may or may not know who Trevor Wallace is, but like he's a pretty big social media comedian. So like he's shooting this video. I'm like, holy crap! And he starts walking away, and then I just go ask like, hey, can I get a picture with you? He's like, yeah, sure. So we we take a selfie. I never take selfies, but Trevor Wallace was there, so I take a picture of that. And then that's when I officially felt like, man, this is the most fever dream like event I have ever been a part of like this is absolutely wild that there are so many people named Kyle in this one place and everybody's just absolutely living their best Kyle life right (laughs) right here in Kyle Texas and so I'm walking around and and it's getting close to four o'clock so I make my way to like the stage that's where all the Kyles are going to gather and then as I'm standing around waiting I see a guy named Kyle Gordon who is another like TikTok famous guy. Um, so if you're not on TikTok, you probably don't know who he is, but just look up Kyle Gordon. You've probably seen his videos on some sort of social media before. Um, he's the guy that plays, like his his main character that he plays, because that's kind of what he does is like he plays characters. Uh, but his main character is like the kid that that's no fun. Um, so maybe you've seen that. But Kyle Gordon is there, and, and I just like kind of watch him pass by. We make eye contact. He obviously knows that I know who he is, but I don't say anything. I don't, because at that point, I was just, I didn't even really know. I knew his name was Kyle, but I didn't know his last name. So I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be that guy. Like, I'm, I'm not, not going to be that guy, uh, even though I was with Trevor Wallace. <laughs> so I see like two pretty famous social media people there. So it was a humbling experience because I was, you know, at the very most, I was the third most famous social media influencer that was there. (laughs) Oh, I should mention that, that Trevor Wallace, he was one of the ones that really got the Kyle meme started because he, he also like plays characters and one of the characters he played was Kyle. So when that, when that uh, meme was big, he was doing 
like a bunch of Kyle videos. So, so that's, that's why he was there. Um, so Trevor Wallace ends up going to the stage and giving like this rallying cry for all the Kyles that are gathered around. Um, and then four o'clock hits and they make an announcement. There's still Kyles lined up so far. And they're like, Hey, we need another hour to get all the Kyles checked in. So just hang tight. So finally about five o'clock, that's when the gathering of the Kyles happens. We all gather up and we, uh, we start like counting off. It was very, it was very chaotic the way they tried to make us do it. Uh, but basically you had to check in earlier, but in order to break the world record, all Kyles had to be present at the very same place at the very same time. So we gathered around, tried to count off. Um, it, it went pretty chaotically, but we eventually got numbered off. And at the end of the day, we did not break the record altogether. There were about 1800 and something Kyle's that checked in throughout the day. And then I think it was about 1400 that stuck around to try to break the world record. So, I mean, we didn't, we didn't come super close, but it wasn't an abysmal failure. And you know, that morning at, at six o'clock when I woke up, it was raining outside and I checked the forecast. It was supposed to be raining all day. I was like, do I really want to drive three and a half hours in the rain to show up to this rainy fair? That's And the rain's probably going to keep some people away. So I seriously considered that morning just not going because I knew I was going to have to travel back late because I did. I didn't get back home till 11 p.m. But something in me was just like, no, just, just go. Go do it. It'll be a fun experience even if it doesn't go well. Even if like 200 Kyles show up, you'll at least have a good story to tell. Uh, so, and that was kind of, that's kind of my attitude the whole trip there. Like, I don't really know if this is going to be that fun. And then I get to the carnival and then like, as I'm walking away from the VIP booth and just see all the people with the shirts named Kyle, I just start to like laugh to myself. Like, this is actually hilarious. So I'm glad I came. And as I talked to a bunch of different Kyles, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I met a Kyle from Kentucky and he was saying that his birthday was a week ago and his like wife's birthday gift to him was to fly him and his family to Austin, uh, spend the weekend in Austin and then come to this event to try to break this world record. And like something he said was just like, oh man, this, this is so much fun. This is one of the best times I've ever had. And like, Man, that was just that was just so wholesome because the thing I noticed about this event was obviously you, you hate stereotypes, but some like lots of stereotypes are true. You can tell a lot of things by looking at people. You can probably tell where they fall on the political spectrum to some degree. There was a, there was a Kyle there. He was wearing like boots and jeans. He had a mullet, uh, you know, like this flannel cutoff, and so you could probably tell like a lot about this guy. Like this guy is probably a certain type of person. And there were probably people, there were Kyles there of different races, different ages. Like I met some old Kyles, probably in their sixties, even seventies. I didn't know there were people that old named Kyle, but, but the point I'm trying to make, this was a really awesome event because our world, here we, here we go. This is like lecture time. Our world is like so divided, right? That's not a surprise to anybody. Um, and a lot of times we like to draw these lines of like, oh, this person voted for whoever, therefore I don't like them. Or this person holds this belief, uh, so therefore we couldn't be friends. We couldn't even be friendly to each other. But when I went to the Kyle Fair, of all flipping places, that was a place where like you showed up and like you could just tell there was, there was no tension in the air. People were just there to have fun. 
people were there to celebrate being named Kyle and like this completely arbitrary and stupid thing that started as a meme like four or five years ago. And like we were just gathered there to celebrate it and like nobody cared. Nobody cared what background you were from. Nobody cared who you voted for. Nobody cared what race you were, what gender you were. It was just a time we could come together and celebrate Kyle's and celebrate a meme that has like taken our culture by storm and just, just to have fun, like punch some drywall, just cut loose a little bit. And like, that was like the unexpected thing about this trip, the unexpected thing about the gathering of the Kyles. It was like this uniting factor to where, and I'm not going to say like, just because our name's Kyle, we have this brotherhood. Like I understand like that's, that's not it, but we came together to celebrate this, like a meme basically. And like, it was so wholesome and it was so fun. And like, for just like that period, like I said, nobody was uptight. Nobody was tense. It wasn't about all of a sudden, like, what do you believe about this? What's your religious affiliation? What is your political affiliation? Who do you vote for? It was just like, Hey, let's come together and have fun. Talk about being Kyle. Like we need more of that. I plan on going back next year because this was the fourth time they've tried to break this record. And I'd never heard about it before. This year, I, I heard about it. It was like, I'm going. And then they're, they're going to try it every year, apparently, until they break the record. So it's an event that I'm going to keep going back to just because it's so much fun. And it's so just, it's, it's not pretentious. It's not uptight. It was just a fun event where people can go and celebrate something really arbitrary. And at the end of the day, something really stupid. But sometimes it's those arbitrary and stupid things that bring us together. And I... I'm so for it. I was so about it. I had so much fun uh, at the gathering of the Kyles and it ended up being so much more fun and so much more a learning experience for me about how like at the end of the day, we can all be friends. And at the end of the day, it doesn't have to be about, you know, us individually, but it'd be us collectively and us just coming together to have fun. You know, one of the things, you know, I talked to a bunch of Kyles. I never mentioned to anybody there what I did for a living. Not because I'm ashamed of being in ministry, but whenever I typically tell people, especially people that, you know, just aren't like me, when I tell people like what I do for a living, I automatically see these walls go up. You know, sometimes I just don't mention it. Like I said, not because I'm ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of being a minister. I'm not ashamed of Christ, but sometimes it just doesn't come up and that's okay. You know, so, so we came together and we celebrated being Kyle. It wasn't about what our job title was or anything like that. I'm, I'm getting really repetitive in this. All this to say that the Gathering of the Kyles was an incredible event. I'm so glad I went. I have zero regrets about going. And you know, that morning, like I said, I thought about just like getting back into bed and saying like, I, I'm not going to go. But I would have totally missed out on this experience. So if you can learn anything from this is just go out in life and do do fun things. Most of the things I do, most of the trips I take are for like ministry and Christian events. And I wouldn't change anything about that. Like that my, my life is is so like lined up with that to where that's that's like my life's purpose. But I don't often take the time to go and do stuff like this and to go be around people that aren't particularly like me. And that is like a, a thing I'm working through right now, even in my own local context. Like, how can I, how can I make every day like the Kyle Fair? How can I make every day about just going out and getting around people who aren't necessarily like me and then learning from that, learning from these people and learning 
how to be how to be a better version of of who God has called me to be through it. So, uh, like I said, I was not expecting these deep takeaways from going to a a, a Kyle fair, a Kyle festival. But here we are. Got me in my living room at eleven o'clock at night, just. Uh, just overwhelmed at, at how much fun it was and how how incredible of an event it was. Anyway, wow. Okay, so we're we're over an hour. This this whole podcast, I knew it was just going to be telling stories. Uh, so we'll we'll get back to a more normal uh, routine next week and over the coming weeks. Uh, just be on the lookout for a, a variety of things: summer tournament, summer playlist. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Before we go, I'm going to give you my recommendation of the week. And this week, it's a food. And it's it's not at like this hole-in-the-wall or new place. It's at Jimmy John's. They have a sandwich that I tried the other day. It's called the Jimmy's Cubano. It had ham, bacon, cheese, pickles, Dijon mustard. And it was amazing. I don't know... Like, None of those ingredients are mind-blowing, but I cannot stop thinking about that sandwich ever since I ate it like three days ago. That's my recommendation of the week. It's a short one, but it's a good one. Also, also go listen to my summer playlist that's out now. Uh, it, should be, it should be on the links to my socials, and I'll post it later today. So yeah, that's it. A lot of stories on today's podcast. This one, this one was one of the most fun ones I've, I think I've ever made. So I hope you, uh, hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. But for now, that's all the evangelical filth I've got for you. That's a wrap, and that's a frat snap. Next time, I promise I'll do just a little bit better.